The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the faces made for radio, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday and uh, you can watch that up until 3 o'clock Eastern at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that. Join us in the chat over on Rumble. A lot of friends there this morning. Good morning. Good to see you guys. And uh, while you're there, please subscribe to the channel. It's Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And if you're searching for it, put it all as one word. And you'll find it right off the bat, okay? Uh, also, before it's news.com, top of the page over there, we're streaming live. We thank Mike and his team for uh, giving us a spot there for the morning and afternoon show. Back to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. You know how to sign up for the email newsletter right up under where we're streaming live, top right side of the page. You can uh, put that in. You'll get it once a day, including the morning show archive. I'm just going to hit this real quick. The store is available. You know we have the Soldier of the Cross bundle starting at $34. That includes a shirt of your size dog tag of your color and then the book we also have the shirt book and dog tags available in the store as well as other items um, i know some people are buying gifts uh, maybe you are buying something for yourself whatever we got all kinds of stuff in there um, that you can pick up and they're great conversation starters many of them are great conversation starters educational uh, books and uh, and dvds and such so be sure and check out the store there at sons of liberty radio or excuse me sons of liberty media.com the link is there or you can go directly to it by going to the sons of liberty dot squarespace dot com the sons of liberty dot squarespace dot com okay all right <clears throat> and yes i like to get all that stuff out of the way so i'm not talking about pro- promo things uh somebody said boy you put all this stuff at the first and then you know i wish you kind of space it out well i'll forget so I just want to get it out of the way so we can get to the meat of what we're talking about here. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the, yeah, Mike Johnson continues to make the news. Now, I'm going to tell you less and less I, can, I, I, just, I see what comes out of D.C. 
and I, I am convinced the only means of dealing with D.C. is the states, the people of the states, to demand that the states dissolve it, to abolish it. Just like Thomas Jefferson said in the Declaration of Independence. I'm not talking about a, a government overthrow. We are the government. That's why the Constitution starts, we the people. We're not in Rome anymore. I know they try to make it look like Rome. I get it. They've got all their, their symbols and their trinkets and everything else that they put up there, their obelisk and all this other stuff. They make it try to look just like Rome. But the people are not supposed to be Rome. The people are supposed to be Christ. That's who they're supposed to be. And, and sadly, I'm going to use my Johnson as what we shouldn't be. As far as I'm concerned, he is a betrayer of the faith. When I show you the stuff that I'm going to show you, I'm going to let him say what he says, and I'm going to take you back in history, and I'm going to show you exactly why he's wrong. Was it last week? I think um, maybe it was this week. Yeah, it might have been earlier this week. You know, we did a show on Mike when he, he said this little deal here. There is insufficient evidence at the moment to initiate formal impeachment proceedings. You know that's why he's been put in the place he's been put in, right? And, and don't, don't buy what Marjorie Taylor Greene's telling you about Kevin McCarthy was for impeachment. Yeah, but he was doing all kinds of other stuff, too. And they weren't getting anywhere with their impeachment. So Mike is put in place. He's the grease boy. He comes in and says, I, I, there's insufficient evidence for this. But that's not what he said just a few months ago, is it? Uh, joining me now is Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson. He's the House Republican Conference Vice Chairman. He's a member of the House Judiciary Armed Services Committees and a member of the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Government. Congressman, good to see you this morning. Uh, how would you assess your colleagues yesterday? Are they not acknowledging uh, what these bank records show about the Biden family? They're doing their best to hide the headline here. Look, the American people, Maria, are having a hard time keeping up with all the scandals involving the Bidens, but here's what they don't want you to recognize. The evidence now shows, it proves, that the first family is hopelessly corrupt. They've been involved in extortion and bribery schemes and tax fraud and incredible abuses of power, and now the second headline that we're proving through all these oversight hearings, through judiciary oversight and the other committees, uh, even Ways and Means now, is that there is... A, a two-tiered system of justice. That's what the people intuitively recognize, and now the evidence shows. The DOJ, the FBI, and the IRS, and other federal agencies are involved in a cover-up to help the first family. Well, I mean, Congressman, this is all stunning. I mean, what you're saying yeah. is extraordinary. What are you going to do about it? It sounds like a, a terrible movie yes, or a novel or something. It's happening right now, in real time. Now, I, I, this is just me observing, Okay. I've told you I think this guy's compromised. They got something on him. They got some kind of dirt, and that's why he's doing what he's doing. I, maybe this is nothing, but this is just me. I just now saw this. How many of you noticed this guy's glasses? How many men wear tortoiseshell glasses? Isn't that what that is? That's what it looks like. That's, that's like a woman's thing, isn't it? I'm sorry. Maybe I'm old school in that, but that's kind of what, what I see going on here. I see a compromised man, and that's why they're going to put him in the position they're going to put him in, in order to tell you 
hey, forget what I said before. Forget all this stuff that you're hearing right now that we're playing for you on air coming out of his own mouth saying how guilty Joe Biden and his family are and their crimes. And yet, as soon as he's in the position, he's saying, eh, we, we got insufficient evidence for this. Just, um, it's just an observation I'm making. You know, you tell me what you think. And we are doing our dead level best to expose these facts to the American people and bring accountability because the people are frustrated. They see this happening. They don't understand why the Biden family gets a special treatment. Why are they getting a, the treat, a special powerful, treatment there, uh, Mr. Family. Johnson? I mean, we have now $17 million and counting of these amounts of money that have been uncovered that were put into these um, sort of ghost companies that the Biden family put together, many of which when Joe Biden was vice president to hide the sources of all this funding and it involves China and Ukraine. I mean, adversaries around the world. Um, it's a very, very serious and alarming problem. And now it's being litigated. You know, we had this big 155 page federal court opinion came out of Louisiana on July 4th. And they said the social media companies are involved. The DOJ and the FBI uh, coerced the social media companies into hiding this information about the Hunter Biden laptop before the 2020 election, about, um, you know, COVID vaccines and other disfavored information, they censored the speech of Americans who were sharing protected uh, speech online. Yeah. And it's just an incredible, incredible set of facts. Have you been All right. I was just trying to fix that little piece of hair that he didn't quite get enough goo on to make it stick. That's what I was doing. I was just having a little, it was a little comic relief. That's all. That's all. So there he tells you he's already flip-flop in a couple of months. There's all kinds of evidence. There's all kinds of bank records. You know, we had... Um, we we had uh, you know Marjorie Taylor Greene again come out and say oh we we had a speaker who was for impeachment yeah but he was doing all kinds of other stuff he shouldn't have been doing uh, and then here's just some of the evidence here here's the money trail here's one of the forty thousand dollar checks that uh, was written to Joe Biden and you see how the money trail how it works okay. And what they're doing. And this is for the people who are on the video platforms. I know you guys on, on, on the radio can't see it, but we've got a picture here of the check. to Joe Biden for $40,000. And then underneath it, we're finding out how that money comes to him. It comes to a Chinese company. All right. And he gets, he gets paid and his brother gets paid and Hunter gets paid. Yeah. That's how it goes. And, and yet... There's, no, there's insufficient evidence to impeach Joe Biden, according to Mike Johnson. This isn't all he's done, though. Uh, this I got from some friends yesterday. Um, I, you know, I've reached out to Jeff Durbin. I know he's very busy out there at Apologia Church. Um, but Jeff is in this, along with another gentleman, and they're talking about this pro-life hypocrisy. Uh, Mike Johnson happens to be at the center of this. And I, I want you, again, you know, it's not enough. You've got to go beyond what the guy says with his mouth. You've got to see what he does. And this is what so many people fail to do. In fact, this is what James is talking about, James chapter 2. And take your time when you go through and read that. I've, I pointed out something D. James Kennedy pointed out to me years ago in the 90s. And that was, look at what James is focused on. 
Look at when he says, say, and then look at what he says when he says, see. He talks about how people, what they say, but he says, watch what they do. See what they do. See and say. Our doing should match our saying, shouldn't it? Our, what people see should match our, what we say. I get it. Sometimes it doesn't always perfectly. I get it. But it should. That should be the pattern of our life is what we say should be what we do. What we do should be what we say. You know, the old phrase, you got to walk the walk. You got to walk the talk. Exactly. Exactly. Actions and words. I think George Washington said it, uh, deeds and not words. 1 John 3.18, the, the, the verse of our ministry talks about our actions overtaking our words. We love in deed, not in word. We love in deed. So I want you to listen to this. This is about a minute and a half, and they're specifically talking about Mike Johnson. Take a listen. House Bill 13 was the abolition of abortion in Louisiana Act that would give preborn children in the state of Louisiana equal protection under law. Mike Johnson. Really, he's had this meteoric rise. He's the darling of the Republican Party. Therefore, the Honorable Mike Johnson of the state of Louisiana, having received a majority of the votes cast, is duly elected Speaker of the House of Representatives for the 118th Congress. He is second in line to be President of the United States. He says that he's pro-life. He says that he believes, publicly, he says that he believes that life begins at fertilization, that all human life should be protected. He says that's what he believes when he's speaking to the television cameras, when he's speaking to pro-life voters, when he's speaking to donors. Obviously, I don't need to cite volumes of medical journals to prove the fact that an unborn child is a human being. From the earliest stages of development, the unborn are distinct, living, and whole human beings. They are nonetheless equal because they share a common human nature. Humans have value simply because they are human. And if you deny this, it's difficult to say why objective human rights should apply to anyone. But the truth is, he fought to kill a bill that would do just that. When I told Mike that we were going to move forward with HB 813, despite his urging us not to, things began to get ugly. Hmm. They began to get ugly. Huh. You want to make Mike walk the line, and Mike don't want to walk the line. He wants to talk about the line. I'm going to tell you, all the sense I get in that, just that little, little spill right there is what a Pharisee is. You've got a man setting a standard, and, and, and at least in this case, it's a good standard, it's a right standard. And then when the guys come along to back him up and to say, let's make it, let's make sure that people understand this is law, this is real law, this is not pretended law, it's not made up legislation, it's not, you know, a whim out of your mind, let's do this. What does Mike do? Oh, it gets ugly. It gets ugly. This is how it's been with a lot of these Republican pro-life people. And by the way, I was thinking about this before because I know somebody, there's always somebody who will jump in. By the way, if you want to call in and comment, you can. 803-619-9855. 803-619-9855. And 
I know a lot of people will say, well, Tim, why aren't you really harping on Joe Biden stuff? I've taken my time over the years to deal with Joe Biden and Obama, and I find it that it's it's nothing but preaching to the choir. You guys, all of you listening to me, probably, there may be a few out there who like Joe Biden, but all of you know he's a bad guy. I don't have to convince you of that. It's, I, I might as well be talking to the wall because I don't have to convince you of anything. It's the guys wearing the red jersey with the R that say, Jesus, God, hold up a Bible, you know, whatever they have to do to seek your, to get your vote, they'll do it. But when it comes to the action, when they're not needing something from you, they're MIA. They're AWOL. They're gone. They're not on our side. Wait till you hear this other. Just, I mean, I hate to even bring it up. I, I really do. I wish I was, I could say the man standing on the principles that he espouses. I, I wish I could say that and that you could get behind him and support him. If you're supporting this guy, you're supporting a hypocrite. Now, I don't, I don't know any nice way to put it. The very kind of hypocrite that the Lord Jesus woed in Matthew 23. By the way, before I say this, before I, before I bring this up, I'm just going to tell you something in God's providence that happened yesterday. I had to go to deal with a, a matter at court yesterday. And the I was like the last guy. <laughs> and the first lady up, we're going to talk about bringing her on the show because I... I She's a widow. I'm not going to give her name, but she's a widow. Her husband died earlier this year. She she went and paid off the mortgage. And the mortgage company has come back and they have said, well, you haven't paid it, so we're going to foreclose on you. And she owed $28,000, I think was her last payment. I'll get her to get all the details on that. But $28,000 was the last payment and she made it. She had nearly two dozen letters and an email from the mortgage company saying it had been paid. Now they're taking her to court. They're trying to foreclose on her and wanting more than $300,000 on her, including the attorney's fees, after they told her it was paid for. And I just sat there thinking, Lord, you look after this widow. This is somebody that you care about. I know that because your word says so. Widows and orphans, those are two people... Uh, groups of people you don't mess with because God's watching over them and they're messing with them. And I came out, I grabbed her by the arm. I said, I pray for you. I said, I know the Lord cares for widows. And she was, she was crying uh, because she doesn't know what to do. And so I saw her out in the lobby. We talked for a little bit. I talked to her about, you know, maybe bringing that information on the show. So we're going to see if we can bring her on for that and everything. But um, guess who one of her attorneys was? who left her hanging out to dry. Mike Johnson. Can you believe God's providence in that? One of her attorneys was Mike Johnson. And one of the things he did concerning, at least according to her, concerning, I think it was her husband's will. I hope I'm getting that right. If I'm wrong, then I'll I'll confess that and everything. But he did something in her case before he became speaker, which led to all this. 
Yeah. That was God's providence. There's no doubt in my mind that was God's providence that, that we met. Now we've got this report out. Now this is, I, I don't, I have no idea of what this website is, but I don't think I need it since there is an actual, there, there's actual links to reports on what's going on here. But this is uh, from boingboing.net. <laughs> Come up with some names for some websites here. House Speaker Mike Johnson on board of group claiming monkeypox is a gay punishment. Now listen, I'm well aware that AIDS is manufactured. I get it. They popped it in the, in the sodomite community, the whole nine yards, uh, everything that was going on there. I don't have any problem seeing it as God's judgment. I mean, he says as much. Okay? Even if it's coming at the hands of other men. Listen, God brought judgment on Israel, and he used the hands of men to do it. Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, yep, he did that. He did that. So I don't have a problem saying they can be interlinked as to how God uses wicked men and their intentions. But he's on this board claiming that monkeypox is gay punishment. It's actually sodomite punishment. Um, maybe we could get Mark to uh, understand that when he writes his paper. This is what we read. In a striking revelation, a new Politico report unveils the deep connections between House Speaker Mike Johnson and a controversial Christian publishing house that believes monkeypox is an inevitable and appropriate penalty for being gay or being a sodomite, and that former President Obama could be the Antichrist because of leanings towards Islam. He's not the Antichrist. He does have a spirit of Antichrist. There's no question about that. He's not, an, he's not the Antichrist. He's an Antichrist. Just like 1 John says, many antichrists all the way back in the first century. Johnson has been a board member of Living Waters Publications for the last decade. He was interviewed on founder and CEO Ray Comfort's podcast, which was recently deleted. Last month, Johnson's toddler voice wife, Kelly, scrubbed her homophobic beliefs from her own Christian counseling website. Going to look at that in just a minute. From Politico, last year, Comfort. And listen, I, I want to say this right off the bat. Ray Comfort's not responsible for Mike Johnson's actions. Now, he's responsible to tell him to repent from what he's doing, but he's not responsible for his actions any more than I'm responsible for Bradley's or Bradley's responsible for mine. We give an account for our own actions. Okay, I, wanna, I want that right up front. But from Politico, here's what we read. Last year... Comfort narrated a Living Waters video titled Monkeypox and God, Is It a Gay Disease? I, I, wish, I wish Christians would use biblical terminology. It, gay is not something you define these people by. The Bible calls what they're engaged in an abomination. It calls it sodomy. It is not gay. Gay is happy. Remember, and we've got to take back that language, people. This is what I've told you about the socialists. They manipulate the language in order to deceive you and entrap you. Okay? In which he quoted biblical scripture saying that those who engaged in, the hom in homosexual acts would get in their own bodies the inevitable and appropriate penalty for the wrongdoing. That's exactly right. That's the words of scripture from Romans chapter 1. 
They receive in themselves the penalty due their error. I can remember when Al Mohler preached that with power. Romans chapter 1. And now it seems like that's kind of iffy on Al Mohler's part. These men are not holding fast to the Word of God. The virus was previously known as monkeypox, but last year the World Health Organization changed the name to Mpox. <laughs> Did they think monkeypox was some kind of slur or something? Is that why they're doing that? It's just ridiculous. Saying the term monkeypox could be seen as stigmatizing and racist. See, that's, that's, that's what they do. Don't call us race. Don't call us names. In the Living Waters article published in March, Comfort had also bemoaned the fact that Christians could no longer call homosexually moral, morally wrong. Why not? What's, what's stopping us from calling it morally wrong? We're stopping ourselves. We're stopping ourselves. We're censoring ourselves in that. There was a time in America we could say things without any real repercussions, he noted. Well... Here's the thing. Paul told Timothy, you preach the word in season and out of season, when it's convenient, when it's not convenient, when it's popular, when it ain't popular. That's what you do. God's not changed his mind about sodomy any more than he's changed his mind about adultery, any more than he's changed his mind about fornication or theft or lying or cheating or coveting or having other gods before him or any of the, uh, any of the moral law that he established. He's not changed his mind about any of it. We shouldn't be changing our mind about it either. In an attempt to distance himself from comforts, vile beliefs, that's what this guy calls them. Now, they're biblical, they're biblical statements is what they are. Johnson ordered his spokesperson to issue a strange statement. Here's what the spokesperson said. Speaker Johnson joined the Board of Living Waters years ago in support of its mission of spreading Christian gospel, which would apply to sodomites, right? you got to point out that their sodomy is a crime against God to call them to repentance. The spokesperson said his involvement was limited to two phone calls and with fellow board members annually. He had not seen the content in question, was not aware of it, and does not agree with it. Hmm. Does not agree with it. Does not agree with it. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, this is also from Boing Boing. I guess I must have seen this off of their their um, their website. When when the guy was talking about the toddler-like voice of uh, Kelly Johnson, um, they're sitting down here with it. What's this chick's name? She was the um, White House press person, uh, McEnany, Ke- Kaylee McEnany. They got the chick for um, Trump. Okay. Now, she's interviewing Mike and his wife here, and just take a listen to what's going on um, during this interview. I recently got the chance to sit down with new House Speaker Mike Johnson and his wife, Kelly. We discussed the changes in their life since Johnson took the gavel, as well as the media's repeated attacks on their family and their Christian faith. 
You know, Kelly, when you take on a public role um, and you are a conservative or you express your faith openly, a lot of times the media will mischaracterize you. It happened to me as White House press secretary, and I remember that was challenging for my mom to see her daughter spoken about in such a fashion. I'm mm -hmm. um, maligned in many cases, and how does it feel when you see the media malign your husband, you, your family? Um, well, I know it, it goes along with the territory here, but I will say it, it it makes me very sad. It breaks my heart because I, I just wish that they knew this guy that I know. He is one of the most loving, kind, genuine um, people I've ever known. And he loves all people and uh, would give you the shirt off of his back. Um, but Kelly, they've also come after you personally, attacked you, your Christian. By the way, he'll also take the shirt off your back and give it to somebody in a foreign country. Just want to make note of that counselor, a woman of God, attack your profession. Um, what's your response to that? Um, well, you know, I used to be a school teacher and I loved that, but I just felt burdened for so many people and I felt the calling to, to go back to school to become a Christian counselor. And it's because I love people and I want to be able to help them through their times of struggle and suffering. And um, I love what I do. I absolutely love it. As a husband, you know, I'll take any arrows, that's fine, but don't talk about my wife, for goodness sake. She's the kindest, sweetest person in the world, and anybody they interview anywhere at any stage of her life will tell you about this lady right here. Oh, I love that. And how are your kids dealing with it all? They're doing pretty well. Um, I think they're also still in shock because it's still so new, but um, they're proud of their dad, and, and they're excited. They're excited for what's ahead. Do you believe your husband is here in this role um, for such a time as this, at this particular moment, for a reason? I do. I do. I believe that God has placed him here. That's biblical. The Bible says he raises up leaders and he, he brings them down, right? So, he, so I believe that God has him here for just this time. Well, I don't deny that God has him in a place for just this time. I just question the purpose of it. I don't question the motives of Kelly Johnson. Maybe she's a good lady. They're making fun of her voice, saying she's like Michelle Duggar and all that. Maybe, maybe there is something to that. I don't know. I'm not looking at that. What I'm saying is, oh, your Christian faith is under attack. Well, you guys are running from the Christian faith. You've got this. I mean, Mike Johnson has the spirit of Antichrist all over him. I, I don't know how people don't see it. How do you talk about Christ, a Christian gospel, as was mentioned in here, and then you're going to go steal the people's money, you're going to go support the Antichrist regime in Israel with it, then you're going to have this issue come up about homosexuality, sodomy, and you're going to run from what the Bible says about it. How does that, what else are we going to find? I mean, I see for some people, you know, maybe our friend Ray Comfort, he probably, I'm thinking, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I'm thinking he probably thinks, boy, I've got a Demas on my hand. He loves the present world. I mean, that's what Paul says. And the interesting thing that Paul mentions in 2 Timothy 4.10, he says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. He forsook me. He didn't just go because I sent him a job to do. He left me. He loved the present world. 
And these guys, man, they have them set up. You know, I was willing to give Mike a, a chance, you know. He opened up with prayer there. That was great. Claim he was a Christian. I, that, that, to me, does nothing. But he opened up with prayer. That was great. Then I start seeing him talk Israel. Then I see him start giving money away. Then I see him doing this. Then I see him saying there's no, there's insufficient evidence. Is anybody else seeing a betrayer in our midst? Is anybody seeing a traitor there? That's what that is. That's what that is. Well, I can tell you, I was looking up this, and I, we, we ran up against the time to start the show, and I didn't get a chance to open this up, but I, I went down through this before uh, with you guys, and um, I just want to kind of go back in history. Let's go back to, oh, I don't know. Let's go back before the Constitution. Let's go back to when... Settlers came from England, and they settled the colonies. And what was their law? If you remember, the Mayflower Compact was written before they stepped foot off that they were going... I mean, it was explicitly Christian. You couldn't deny it. I Personally, I think within the Constitution, you know, pointing to the year of our Lord, all kinds of people were using that, even non-believers at the time. They were using that. Okay. The Mayflower Compact was explicitly Christian. They were there to advance the Christian faith. That's what they said. And we saw many of the laws, some of them you can still see in your state statutes, your state laws, were based firmly upon the Scriptures, chapter and verse. Okay? And that's what the states were to be doing, even with the federal government put in place, the states were to be executing the moral law of God. The federal government was for a particular task, some particular task, 18 to 21 things, depending on how you want to uh, number them. We, we numbered them the other week. As a matter of fact, we numbered them the other week when we were talking about Mike Johnson. Things he could do, things he could not do, or that were, he's told he couldn't do, and he's doing them anyway, just like the rest of them up there. So if we go back to a book, and I highly recommend, if this is not in your library, to get it. Okay? It's of Plymouth Plantation, along, well, that's, that's a part of it. The, 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 the title here is of Plymouth Plantation. Uh, you'll see we, got our, we have a hard cop, copy here. I, bought, I actually bought this for my second son um, one year. I don't know when it was. It was a long time ago. Uh, and I had... I'd written some stuff in it uh, to him, <clears throat> but this is this is William Bradford's diary, if you will. This is his history of Plymouth when he came there. There was a young man. He was a teenager. I think he was like 16 years old. And um, his name was Thomas Granger. This is in... 1642, okay? So it's long before the Constitution is written. This is the story of Thomas Granger. Um, he was found guilty of buggery. Now, if you have young, tender ears and you want to, like, close them off for about five minutes while we cover this, that's okay. You, you may want to just... I, I'm letting you know, your parents... It's, it's your duty, it's your responsibility to know what your kids need to hear and when, what they don't need to hear. And I try to be very sensitive to that. I don't try to be gratuitous with a bunch of stuff. 
but I'm just going to read the account here, okay? And if you think your your children are able to handle that, then fine, let them listen. If not, then I want to give you time to kind of say, go in the other room or close your ears or whatever, okay? He was found guilty of buggery with a mare, a cow, two goats, sheep, two calves, and a turkey. He confessed his crime, and it is a crime, and was sentenced to death by hanging. And what's interesting is all of this about him and then about the animals is foretold. I think it's Leviticus 20, chapter 20, dealing with the issue of bestiality. But buggery was not just with animals. They would tie that with, if you were a man with a man, it would be sodomy. So here's the account that William Bradford gives in Plymouth Plantation. And I want to put it up on the screen. That's why I have it pulled up here and I'm not just reading out of the book. He, Thomas Granger, was this year detected of buggery and indicted for the same with a mare, a cow, two goats, five sheep, two calves, and a turkey. Horrible it is to mention, but the truth of history requires it. He was first discovered by one that accidentally saw his lewd practice towards the mare. And he's not going to be gratuitous either. He's not going to get into particulars about it. But you just know it that that's what went on. Being upon it, examined and committed, in the end, he not only confessed the fact with that beast at the time, but sundry times before and at several times with all the rest of the forenamed in his indictment. And this, his free confession, was not only in private to the magistrates, though at first he strived to deny it, but to sundry both ministers and others. And afterwards, upon his indictment, well, at least they got him to confess his sin. That's a, that's a good thing. Confession of sin is a good thing. And afterwards, upon his indictment to the whole court and jury, and confirmed it at his execution. And whereas some of the sheep could not so well be known by his description of them, others with them were brought before him, and he declared which were they and which were not. Now, why is that? Because they have to kill the animals too. That's what scripture says. They've been defiled. And accordingly, he was cast by the jury and condemned and after executed about the 8th of September, 1642. A very sad spectacle it was. For first the mare and then the cow and the rest of the lesser cattle were killed before his face, according to the law, Leviticus 20, verse 15. And then he was himself executed. The cattle were all cast into a great and large pit that was digged of purpose for them and no use made of any part of them. It sends shivers down my spine when I read that. Because there have been people that say, you just have a bloodlust. You just want to kill sodomites. No, I don't. I want them to repent. Just like any other sinner. If you think I want to be involved in what's going on here, what we read here, I don't want to be involved in that. I don't want to be in having a rock party out here in the community, even though that's what it should be done. The Bible says when you do that, you put the evil away from you. You put the evil away from you. But instead, we embrace it. We're soft and kind to it. Not knowing that it's going to bring destruction on us if we let it fester. If we let it grow. If we let that lump grow within the greater lump. The leaving there. 
these were the men who established America. These were the men who made America great. These were the men. The ones who established it based upon the Word of God. Those are the real founding fathers right there. Way back then, four or five hundred years ago in this country. They're the real founding fathers. You want to know how to make America great again? Start doing what they did. Did they do it all perfectly? No, I'm not saying I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is they had the focus on that the word of God was going to govern their lives, it was going to be their government, it was going to govern their community. That's the whole point. I've taken you through this several times too, but it's a good reminder <clears throat> because we're apt to forget, aren't we? If you're like me, you're apt to forget. Some things stick really hard in your mind, and other things you know, and they get a little fuzzy, and some things you forget. And so all this is is a reminder. This was, gosh, I, I don't know how long ago I did this one. This was 2015 that I wrote this piece. Uh, it's on how the Founding Fathers dealt with those who engaged in sodomy. And I show you. I show you exactly how they dealt with it. For instance, this is Blackstone. You remember Blackstone is the guy they looked to, you know, had all the law commentaries and all these kinds of things. The founding fathers were or the forefathers that we had who did the Constitution. Those guys, uh, they had Blackstone's commentaries. Book of fourth, book the fourth of public wrongs of offenses against the persons of individuals. And this is chat this is from chapter 15. This is what he writes about the law. This is William Blackstone. Excuse me. What has been here observed, which ought to be the more clear in proportions, as the crime is more detestable, may be applied to another offense of a still deeper malignity, the infamous crime against nature. What is that? This is where two people of the same gender, the same sex, for those people who want to talk about a multitude of genders, are engaged in sexual activity with one another. Okay? Committed either with man or beast. And so they, they lump that buggery in with it. The, the bestiality is kind of lumped in with that, that this is an, these are unnatural acts. That the accusation should be clearly made. I will not act so disagreeable part to my readers as well as myself as to dwell any longer upon a subject, the very mention of which is a disgrace to human nature. That, that means it's an abomination. That's what the, the, the word abomination means. It's disgusting. It will be more eligible to imitate in this respect the delicacy of our English law, which treats it in its very indictments as a crime not fit to be named. And then he gives the Latin for it, which means that horrible sin not to be named among Christians. A taciturnity, I hope I said that correctly, <laughs> observed likewise by the edict of Constantius and Constans, and there's a whole bunch of other Latin stuff that's there that means when that crime is found, which is not profitable to know, we order the law to bring forth to provide justice by force of arms with an avenging sword. See, when you read Romans 13, guess who the king is there in, in America? The king is the Lord Jesus Christ, because there is no other king. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and under that, the people are to be his people in upholding his law. We're the government under Christ, 
the king. Now, we may not know how to actually execute all that, but we need to learn it, right? And that's what we're in. We're in an education process to learn that which has been forgotten. Many of you in the chat that I know, I, I know your works. I know what you do in the areas you do. And I pray God bless your efforts. I pray he bless everything you put your hands to that you do it all with all your might. We are the government, and that's what they're saying here. We call forth justice. We bring forth the law. And then Blackstone says, which leads me to add a word concerning its punishment. This, the voice of nature and of reason and the express law of God determined to be capital, of which we have a signal, in, a, a, a signal instance long before the Jewish dispensation by the destruction of two cities by fire from heaven. So if you think it's wrong to put someone to death who has committed the crime against nature, sodomy, just look back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, yeah but God took care of that. Well, God told us how to deal with it, didn't he? It, is that still the word of God too? Is Leviticus still a part of the word of God? Does it still instruct us today? Yes, it does. And Paul says as much in the New Testament. When he says that the, the word of God, the, 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 the scriptures are Holy Spirit breathed, he's talking about the Old Testament. He's not talking about the New Testament. He's talking about the Old Testament. That's what they had. That's what they preached from. That's what they preached Christ from. He then goes on and he says, so that this is an universal, not merely a provincial precept. And our ancient law, in some degree, imitated this punishment by commanding such miscreants to be burnt alive, or be burnt to death. Though Flata says they should be buried alive. Either of which punishments was indifferently used for this crime among the ancient gods, but now the general punishment of all felonies is the fame, namely, by hanging. And this offense, being in the times of popery only subject to ecclesiastical censures, was made single felony by the statute, and he, he lays that out. I brought down here an account where uh, a man, Lieutenant Frederick Godold Inslin, was charged with attempting to commit sodomy against another soldier. And the account was that on March the 14th, 1778, he was drummed out of the army at the behest of George Washington for his crimes. They should have put him down is what they should have done. See how they're already starting to weaken at the time right around the Constitution was there? They're already starting to weaken. They're not holding up the law the way it was a couple of hundred years before. And now, what are we doing? We don't even, we, we don't even, you know, listen. If you're a policeman out there, if you're one of the thin blue lines, and you claim that you're a law enforcer, but you let proud pride parades go on down your streets with some of the vulgarity and some of the just absolutely disgusting behavior of these people, you let it go on and you're not arresting them, but you're sitting by and you're protecting them from those who would dare read the word of God through a megaphone or call them to repentance and you'll go arrest those guys like some of those guys we saw up there up north. You are worthy of the same punishment. Go read the end of Romans 1. You not only are protecting them, you're worthy of the same punishment that they're worthy of. You're not enforcing the law. You're not a thin blue line. You're a traitor. 
You're a coward. You're not morally upright. You're not to be respected. You're not good. You're not a good policeman. But we see it all the time, don't we? We see this going on all the time. Leviticus 20, verse 13, If a man also lie with mankind, he as he lieth with woman, both of them may commit an abomination, they shall surely be put to death. That's what the guys were basing it on. That's why they did that to Thomas Granger. And I'll guarantee you what, when they did that, and they did it publicly, in front of all the people of the community, anybody who looked the wrong way at a sheep, a goat, a cow, a mare, or whatever, had second thoughts about whether or not they were going to go do anything, don't you think? These people are going to kill me if I go do that. Is a moment of pleasure, no matter how disgusting it is, is it really worth your life? Start putting that in people's minds when you bring justice. You start putting... The Bible tells us not only are we putting the evil away from it, it will cause them to fear the Lord who see it. To fear the Lord, not fear man. God's eyes are the ones watching in every place. He sees in the dark. Whatever you do, you're not hiding it from Him. Neither am I. I'm often remind that, reminded about that. We're not hiding anything from God. He knows it all. Here's some of the... Um, here are some of the laws of the states, for those of you who don't know. If you don't know that we had this, you know, Barack Obama said, we've never been a Christian country. That's just nonsense. The states almost invariably, except maybe Rhode Island, were invariably Christian. They, they said it in their governing documents. If you, if you wanted to serve, there were, you know, the states, several of the states had a, a Christian religious test oath. It was pretty simple that they had. We did a video one time, you know, once the federal constitution came in and it said you can't have religious testos, you start seeing states drop it off. I think Delaware was the first one. They start dropping off their religious testos. Now anybody can just come in there and, uh, and they don't have to be held to a Christian standard of doctrine or of life. And then the people get that in their mind. Oh, well, we don't have to do that. Here's New York. This was their law against sodomy. New York. That has, you know, all kinds of people parading down through there with their pride parades. That the detestable and abominable vice of buggery or sodomy shall be henceforth a judged felony, and that every person being therefore convicted by verdict, confession, or outlawry, unlawful flight to avoid persecution or prosecution, shall be hanged by the neck until he or she be dead. That's New York. Connecticut. That if any man shall lie with man as he lieth with womankind, what does that sound like? That sounds like Leviticus that we just read, right? Both of them have committed abomination. They shall both be put to death. Georgia. Sodomy shall be punished by imprisonment at hard labor in the penitentiary during the natural life or lives of the person or persons convicted of this detestable crime. They recognize it's a crime, poor execution of justice, though. That if any man shall commit, this, uh, this is from Maine, that if any man shall commit the crime against nature with a man or male child, every such offender being duly convicted thereof in the supreme judicial court shall be punished by solitary imprisonment for such term not exceeding one year and by confinement afterwards to hard labor for such term not exceeding ten years. Again, good that they see a crime, poor execution and judgment. 
Here's Pennsylvania. That it, and I know we got a lot of Pennsylvania people who listen as well. That if any person or person shall commit sodomy, he or they so offending or committing any of the said crimes within this province, their counselors, aides, aiders, comforters, and abettors, being convicted thereof as above said, shall suffer as felons and shall forfeit to the commonwealth all the singular all in singular the lands and tenements, goods and chattels, whereof he or she was seized or possessed at the time, at the discretion of the court passing the sentence, not exceeding ten years in the public gall uh, or house of correction of the county or a city in which the offense shall have been committed and be kept at such labor. Then we have South Carolina. The detestable and abominable vice of buggery, sodomy, be from henceforth a judged felony, and that the offenders being hereof convicted by verdict, confession, or outlawry, which is unlawful flight to avoid prosecution, shall suffer such pains of death and loss and penalties of their goods. And finally, Vermont, that if any man lieth with mankind, this is Vermont, this is Bernie, isn't this Bernie Sanders land? <laughs> there. If any man lieth with mankind as he lieth with a woman, they both shall suffer death. On top of that, Thomas Jefferson and through means of people reading um, certain documents and things, I had, you know, his proposal here for castration of sodomites. Now, I'm not for that. The Bible says, it doesn't say mutil- you, you, you mutilate the body, it says you put them to death. But Jefferson at least recognized what it was, that it was a crime. Yeah, we are a Christian nation. At least we were. We become apostate in a lot of ways. I mean, we really have. We draw close to God with our lips, but our hearts are far from Him. What's the remedy? Well, Paul told the people at Corinth, such were some of you. You were doing this, but you've been washed. You've been cleansed. Jesus has made you a new new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So I have to ask the question, why is Mike Johnson distancing himself from those who tell the truth about sodomy? Why is he not holding and, and his actions not lining up with his words when it comes to the murder of the unborn? Why does he say, I will uphold the Constitution, but I'm going to give billions of dollars to Antichrist Israel and claim that it's somehow biblical what he's doing? It's because he's a traitor in our midst. And there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. And friends, we got to deal with it. But we can't deal with it if we won't face the truth and deal with it. Even if we like the party, like the person, whatever, if we're not willing to deal with it and demonstrate love through that, we're not going to see resolve. Bradley, be with you at 3. Lord willing, we'll see you here at 6 a.m.